Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Punk Till I Die podcast number 15. I'm one of your hosts, Tom Trauma, and somewhere in the wilderness is Liverpool Neil. Say hi, Neil. Hello, everybody. Not so Neil. much in the wilderness, though, man. It's a beautiful oh. day. It's a beautiful February day. Really what can is. you say? It's crazy. It is, it is, to put this into perspective, it is Super Bowl Sunday. It is beginning of February, and it is 46, and the sun is shining. Right. We should have, like, we should have, like, two feet of snow, and it should be, like, minus 15 right now. And instead, I mean, it's I mean, 52. there's still, like, a month and a half of winter left, so don't, you know, don't say that so flippantly. But, but well, yes, no, no. I, well, and here's the crazy thing, right? So it's 52 today. It's going to be in the 40s tomorrow, and by by Tuesday, it's going to be, like, freezing again, right? It's going to be, like, is 30. It really? Yeah, it's going to be, like, 30 again on, on Tuesday, which still is fine, you know, not the worst thing yeah. in the world, but it's just weird that we have this one day where it's going to make everything melt, which is cool. So even if yeah, it does... Yeah, because it was snowing here yesterday, but it was, like, 37. <clears throat> yeah, well, you do live almost in the North Pole, dude. I do. Well, you're not that much further south. We are in the upper Midwest, no question about it. Yeah. Speaking um, of the Upper Midwest, is that a nice hacking cough I hear? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've uh, taken the smoke in six packs of six packs a day. No, I'm I'm ninety percent sure that that's the coronavirus. It, you know what? I think yeah. it very well might. I'm ninety percent sure that that's a coronavirus, but but the truth is, you know, most only like two percent of the people who've been getting it have been dying, and it's mostly people who are so old or so young that they have a compromised immune system. Now, you're not so old that you have a compromised immune system, right? <laughs> I might have, but uh, I know I think I'm good now. Funny thing about that is we actually have a woman at work who is Chinese, and she's actually been in China the last two weeks. Oh. And so she was supposed to be coming back yesterday. I don't know if she's even going to be able to get back in the country because haven't we banned all flights from China or something? I have no idea. I mean, I th- didn't Trump ban all flights from everywhere? I, th- I think. I think they, don't make me don't make me laugh. I think basically he did, but um. But yeah, so this shows this shows, this this shows what my work is like, right? Um, instead of having to come back in, we're we're making. <laughs> I had to set up a laptop for her on Friday, and we're delivering it to our house. Home. So she has nice. to, she's she's quarantined at home for two weeks. <laughs> Boy, that does not sound that bad to me. Uh, right? No, that actually sounds kind of nice. So I might. So I might have. So it's official. I have the coronavirus. So I'm working <laughs> so- from home for the next month. So anyway, so I'm looking for a new partner. Uh, on a separate note, I'm looking for a new broadcast partner. So, you know, <laughs> until I die, <laughs> until I die, 77 at gmail.com. When you've oh, got by about, the way, Neil, I need to get access to that Gmail. No particular reason. Dude, you've got about 700 miles away. I think you'll be fine. All right. I don't think you can get it through the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm saying I'm going to have to replace you when you croak off. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking no, for a, a, I'm looking for a British a British guy. In his, I want to keep the continuity going, so I'll be looking for a British guy in his 50s. Okay. Well, I'm pretty sure I have a hot candidate already, but you know that. I think you might do, yeah. <laughs> I think you've got someone in mind already. Yeah. No, I tell you what, uh, I, 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 obviously I must be the first person who's kicking the coronavirus because actually I feel fine. I just It sounds yeah. way worse than it is. But talk about I, I, I mean, we talked about the weather a few weeks ago, right? And how crazy yep. the news. Because we're new... old, we talk about the weather. That's what we do. Like we get together, like, oh, how about this weather? It's crazy weather. Huh? No, where I was gonna, where I was going with that, Tom, was um, how how sensationalist the news is and shit like that, right? And how fatalistic, and it makes people scared of everything. So first of all, it was the weather. You know, we're gonna get six inches yep. of snow this weekend, and we get none. <laughs> And then the coronavirus, like, it's the worst thing in the world. But they're yeah. already saying that it's less deadly than SARS was, like, two or three years ago. And, and I didn't uh, even get that. Right? And to put it in perspective, 6,000 people died last year of the flu over Yeah, here. I saw that. And, like, and like 15 people have died of this coronavirus. Right. So, but in, in, in the meantime, you know, everyone is completely freaking panicked about it. 
So I mean, it's not going to stop me from having a Corona when I go to the Mexican place. Yeah, I'll have a margarita. Have Thank you very much. You mean to get those complimentary chips and salsa at the beginning? Oh, nothing there's nothing better than that, right? Hey, do you have nothing Uncle? Washes that down better than a nice Corona with a lime. Do you have Uncle Julio's up there? Up in the no, I never heard of it. Is that oh, a chain? It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a chain, but they're like fancy. They're big, like Mexican restaurants. It's not like a little hole in the wall. It's a big one. But well, of course, um, here are like independent family-owned places. Uh, the margaritas are so, the margaritas are so good, and they have these bacon wrapped shrimp. Oh, so good. That doesn't so. sound very authentic Mexican, but it sounds delicious. Listen, they send some kind of chili sauce, all right? <laughs> just, <laughs> just relax over there. Very authentic. <clears throat> yes. Uh, so so t- today is Super Bowl Sunday. It is. Um, and I had almost totally forgot about it. Uh, and I don't want to be that guy who's like, oh. Tom, you dropped out on me again, buddy. Because I'm a, I'm a modest sports fan, but. Oh, sorry. My back? My back? You are. You're back, yeah. Hello. But no, I, I you know a lot of, a lot of punk people are just like oh sports 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 and I, I'm not really anti sports, you know I grew up I was an all American kid I grew up playing baseball and football and all that, um, but I do not pay much attention to sports anymore I, I pretty much had totally forgotten about the Super Bowl, and the truth of the matter is I have no real rooting interest in either of these teams though I do plan to go watch it and eat a lot of food how about you you know you're gonna watch it or you going to some friends or you're just gonna sit home and listen to records or what uh probably sit home and listen to records um. No, I mean, I I do like football, and I, you know, I, I do have a football team that I follow, but uh, uh, this one... Who was it? It was somebody weird, like the Falcons or something, right? That's me. That's Falcon Neal, see? Yeah, yeah that's, that's me. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, we go down in history as blowing the biggest Super Bowl lead of all time, so that was great. There so it's go. a sore point with me. Um, I mean, at least you're not a Buffalo fan. You know, they lost four in a row. They did lose four in a row, yeah, and they have to live in that bloody weather. So Yeah, yeah, it makes Michigan look like a tropical paradise. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, I don't know if I'm going to if I'm gonna watch it this afternoon. Maybe I'll watch a bit of it or something, because I think I'm seeing Lydia, too, my daughter, and she's got absolutely no interest whatsoever oh. in, in sports at all. So, um, But I have to say, my that leads me... either, but they do enjoy the feed, like the... Tom, you are dropping out like a mother this week, buddy. Yeah, I, I'm, we we seem to have a bad connection here. I wonder if we ought to. I wonder if we ought to try again. Well, I mean, you sound, you seem okay now, but every, I mean, you do drop sometimes. I swear, my microphone hasn't moved. Okay, no, I think it's probably your, it's probably your internet connection. I would imagine it's probably, probably the you know, my connection. son's not here. I only have like two other people in the house, and I'm sure they're both online. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. it doesn't seem like it'd be that bad. No, that's okay. We'll write it out. Um, what I was going to say was so okay. So last week we did the um, the BA interview. And at yes. the very beginning of the BA interview, he told us about Kobe Bryant passing, right, in the helicopter yes. crash and oh, stuff. Oh, that's right. I forgot yeah. about that. So very Already. sad. So, yep. um, But it, it leads me on to something that, that, that pisses me off. And it's something the younger generation, and I'm sounding old again, right? But it's something the, <coughs> the younger generation does all the, the time. The younger generation whose uh, immune systems are good enough to fight off this virus that's inevitably going to kill you? I am fighting, buddy, all right? I'm fi- <laughs> fighting. Um <laughs> They have this tendency to, uh, and this this happened when Neil Peart died, the drama too, right? Um, mm. Everybody is the greatest of all time. Greatest of all time. Goat. Oh, he has to yeah. be the greatest drummer of all time. Oh, he's the greatest basketball yeah. player of all time. It's like, what, is the de- what is the deal with that? Unless you've seen every other person ever in the history, in the history of music, in yeah. the history of drummers, there's no way that you can say that guy is the greatest drummer of all time. So just stop it. You can say the best one I've ever seen. Or the best well, one I've ever. You can rule some people out. I mean, you can be like nobody's going to say that Ringo is the greatest drummer of all time, right? Right. Well, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that Neil Peart's the greatest drummer. I mean, I just. Uh, well, I, I wouldn't it, even say it. Well, it depends on the style you like, because yeah, he played such a specific style that just wasn't for everybody, you know. 
Um, but, but yeah, st- I get that. Wait, have you been saying that about Kobe? Have you been hearing that? Yeah, yeah, I've been hearing that about Kobe. And that I've been well, hear- Kobe was a great, great player. Definitely one of the greatest of all time, but I don't think he was Jordan-esque in his greatness, was he? Well, and then a lot of people don't even, you know, they'll like put Wilt they'll the, put Jordan one or two, right? Going back to yeah, the Wilt, going Wilt back Chamberlain's to the, yeah, gotta be a, exactly going back to the sixties, seventies, seventies and eighties. But it's like people those, they don't even seem to want to realize that those other decades existed. So anyway, yeah. it's just something that yeah, annoys I, me. I always feel like that. Like boxing is one where it's where people love to talk about the greatest of all time, but it's you know, unfortunately, you know, Joe Lewis and Mike Tyson are never going to be able to fight. Yeah, don't and e- every computer program in the world can't judge heart and soul and who would actually want, you know? Don't even put Mike Tyson in that in that fucking sentence, my friend. <laughs> I mean, that, that, Tyson probably would have killed everybody's crime, honestly. No. You think so? You See, I, I was I was going oh, compl- yeah, yeah. I was I think, going I think I think it was a different I mean, a definitely a different era and, and athletes now. I mean, every sport, you know, even these baseball players are in phenomenal shape. When we were kids, baseball players used to smoke cigarettes and have man tits, you know? Listen, but now everybody is in phenomenal shape. Tyson, I, just... I, I, I actually had this conversation with one of the guys on ESPN. It was in the call in one morning. Tyson never beat anybody decent. He didn't. Every, the, well, the, at the beginning of his career. No, he didn't. The two decent boxers he ever fought both beat him. So mm-hmm. if against mm-hmm. Muhammad Ali or anybody from the seventies, you know, any, uh, you know, uh, you George Foreman, his greatest enemy was himself, Joe Frazier. They would, they would have killed him. They would have mm-hmm. absolutely killed him. Interesting. So, I, you know, I, I would love to argue about this, but you know, I suppose we should probably not. Yeah, know what? You're exactly right. We'll save this one for over a beer sometime. <laughs> I mean, we we have laughed about the fact that we wanted to do this show because we thought some of the other shows got away from punk rock too much, and here we are. Well, talking Here about Mike are. Tyson killing somebody, let's talk about that. <laughs> let's, talk yeah, about let's talk about all the punk rock guys that are dropping dead this week. Yes, my friend. Really bad, it's been a really bad week. Now, now, you know, none of these people are household names. It's not like Tom Cruise died or something, but there's been some big uh, punk guys. Let's go in order. The first one who died is uh, the drummer for one of my favorite bands over the years, Corrosion Conformity, Reed Mullen, 53 years old. Dead as can be. Are you a, I can't remember if you were a COC fan or not. You know what? Back in the early 80s, um, when I was just getting into hardcore and stuff, I saw the logo. I thought it might have been the greatest logo I've ever seen. Oh, look, was the best. And then I actually heard him, and I was like, eh, this one isn't for me. It's a bit too crossover <laughs> for me, but a bit too metal for me, you know? It is it def- definitely metal Even when they started out. But, I'll, you know, I'll give them credit. They were, they were like um, one of the first ones but to man, be they, that put, they were definitely in that. They really were, and they and they were a pretty great band, honestly. I always, the funny thing is, I actually stuck with them when they changed style. So in the '90s, when Pepper Keenan joined, he actually joined a little before that, I think late '80s. But they definitely went more of a like Black Sabbathy kind of style. Oh, they did. Oh, well, I didn't. didn't like a that. kind of a stonery Black Sabbath. But I always thought they did that style pretty well. I mean, it's not something I listen to a ton, but I actually followed them through that era. I've seen them, I bet you, at least ten times. Wow. Now was All that different? All different eras, all different lineups. Well, As a matter of was... fact, I just saw them last year, and I noticed, I'm like, it's so great having the original four, or those four, like the classic lineup back together, but I did notice that Reed wasn't playing drums with them. Okay, so He's that... had a lot of help, I think. I was going to ask that, so um, not been f- that familiar with them, um, how, long was the, how long was he the drummer for them? Um, he founded the band, he was a founder of the band. Okay, I thought, I thought I recognized the name, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was Reed Mullen and... Uh, and uh, what's the man? I don't want to do this right now because I'm totally flaking out. But there was three of them that were essentially the key guys. Woody Weatherman was a guitar player. It was with him the entire time. 
And what was the bass player's name? He's such a great stoner. <laughs> but anyway, they kind of took on the, like a stoner metal kind of thing later. And they still that was kind of their style to the day. But Reed had been in and out of the band in like the last couple of years. And I know that like I read some – they did some Facebook posts and stuff about how Reed can come back to the band more – there he goes together, again. And I think he'd been struggling with some addiction issues. Oh, okay. Is that what he died of? He had been struggling with some addiction issues. I don't know if I don't know if that's what killed him or not. I don't know. They haven't they haven't said it. But okay. he's only fifty three, man. Young guy. Right. Very young, yeah. Um so yeah, I, I you know, it, it wasn't shocking. It wasn't it wasn't as shocking as it might have been somebody else. But it still it kinda of bums me out, you know. It definitely provided a lot of the soundtrack for my youth. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you wanna let's uh should we go ahead and play? Why don't we go ahead and play yeah. one of their songs right now? Yeah, definitely. Let's do uh, let's do Animosity, the title track from their great second album. I think it came out in '85, if I'm not mistaken. So let's do Corrosion Conformity, Animosity.
Okay, there you go, everybody. That was Corrosion of Conformity with Animosity. What was the name of that album, Tom? Animosity was the album. It was the title track. Oh, it was. That was the title track. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you go from like eighty. Their first album was called. Their first album was called Eye for an Eye. I remember that one, yeah. And that was uh, that was the punkest of the albums. Mm-hmm. Now they were from. Uh, were they from North they Carolina or something? Influence. They were. They were from North Carolina. North Carolina. Yeah. Okay. I think Riley, right? Yes. Okay. Um, there was two. There was two kind of classic bands from North Carolina, right? And it was Corrosion Conformity and Anti Scene. You know Anti Scene? Yes, I do know Anti Scene. They're did... great. They're a great band too. Yeah, I didn't know they're from North Carolina. Are they, are they still going, or are they being broken up? They are. Time? They are still going. Okay. Uh, they're. They had two guys in the original lineup: the singer Jeff Clayton and uh, Joe Young. And Joe Young died a few years ago too. Okay. It's funny because when Joe Young died, I'd seen Anti Scene a couple times. I, I liked the band. Um, and Joe Young was one of the first ones who died, and it's like, oh, man, I should have got his autograph. So now, like, Joe Young dying was what started me getting a little bit of autographs because you make you realize these guys aren't going to be around forever. Right, for sure. So, yeah, yeah. So, no, I, I was uh, – anyway, I'm a pretty big COC fan, so I uh, was sad to hear about Reed Mullen passing. And the other one, this is another kind of smaller name, even smaller than Reed Mullen, honestly, but Josh Pape, who was the bass player for, like, DR the late 80s um died also also 53 yeah once again have no idea i have no idea what happened to him either you actually cut out there tom so he was am i cutting out again yeah he was the bass player from who for uh dri okay the mid to late 80s okay um and for any of our so yeah for any of our listeners who might not know um dri were from they were from texas right originally from texas yeah yeah okay I feel like they moved to San Francisco after they started to make it. Okay. And I'm not even sure where they call home anymore, honestly. And they were one of those bands that, again, were doing the super fast thrash thing, right? Um, early on, I think like 82, 83, something like that. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, definitely. As far as crossover bands go, I mean, COC was big, but DRI was the king. They were the kings mm-hmm. of that style. Yeah. How many times have you seen them? Uh, More than 10. Yeah. And how my, my very favorite bands that tour constantly, I've pretty much seen all of them more than 10 times. I, as a matter of fact, I just saw them last summer with my son, my 14, 15-year-old son. Right. And um, the guy that died, what was his name again? Josh Pape. Okay. And how long was how long was he playing bass with them? Like I said, mid-80s to late-80s. Okay. Oh, okay, so not the very long. The he played on would be the crossover album. Okay. And then didn't he play bass with some other bands well, too? It's, it's funny because they went through a bunch of... Yeah, he played in Gangrene for a little bit. Okay. For a couple of years. So, yeah, we should play a song by one of his bands, too. It, once again, 53, young guy, don't know what killed him. But uh, let's do a DRI song. Let's do uh, let's do five-year plan off Crossover. Five-year plan off I the album Crossover. I All know right. he played that. You know that song? That's a great one. I don't, actually. No. Okay. Um, but yeah, let's do let's do five year plan off crossover, and then we can talk about an older guy who died who's a little more in your wheelhouse. Okay, yeah, we'll do. Okay, so this is uh, what five year plan by the band DRI. DRI five year plan off their crossover album. Yeah.
So there you go. That was uh, DRI, which, if you didn't know, stands for Dirty Rotten Imbeciles, or Imbeciles, however you want to pronounce it. Yes. Um, yes. What year was I've that, I've never Tom? pronounced it either of those ways, but you're right. Yes. How do you pronounce it? Imbeciles. Imbeciles. Okay. Yes. And that was uh, what? which year? That would have been about 80, uh, 87-ish, I would guess. Okay. Let me see. I don't know. I... But yes, that's a class, definitely a classic song. They still play it to this day. Okay, so um, so yeah, so we've had a drummer die so far and a bass player, and then unfortunately, and let's, the, let's finish the trio up. Yeah, the news broke yesterday that um, <coughs> sorry about that. Um, Andy Gill, the guitarist of uh, post punk pioneers, the Gang of Four, 
Um, he died yesterday. Again, not quite sure what he died of. He was a little bit older than these other guys we've been talking about. I think Andy Gill was... But, six... but not that old. 64. No, 64, yeah. It's not like he died of old age or something. Um, and in fact, Andy Gill was the... Um, I think he was still the only original member in the band because the band is still was still touring and still yeah, recording. Yeah, they just put out an album a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. they did. Um, and I think they they played in Chicago last year, I believe. Uh, so yeah, he was the only original member left. Um, which we can we can debate that if you like, as if he should have kept the band going without the original. No, singer, we can't. He shouldn't have. John King. Once John King left, he shouldn't have kept it going, in my personal opinion. Well, it's one of those things, right? Because I don't know how the band formed. I mean, the band they're from Leeds, uh, the UK originally formed at Leeds University, I believe. In like, so is that nor- is that Northern UK or what? Yes, or Northern yeah. England. Yeah, okay. Le- Leeds is. So I'm from Liverpool. Manchester is about an hour north of me, uh, sure. northeast, and then Leeds is about another half hour north of Manchester. So, okay. um, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's definitely considered the north, and um, so they met at. Uh, Leeds University, uh, eighty maybe, seventy nine maybe. Um, Boy, was it that? Was it that late? Yeah, yeah. Because their first album came out. Wasn't their well, first no, album? No, I, 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 actually, you know what? You might be right. It might have been like seventy eight because the first album came out in eighty, I believe. But um, see, I don't know who formed the band because I guess if Andy Gill was the main, was the first one to form the band, like it was his band kind of thing. I guess I could see him continuing the band without the original singer. You oh, but it, you got one guy who sang on all the classic tracks. I'd be, I mean, yeah, people don't pay good attention to this stuff. So you go see a band and then you imagine you show up and it's some young guy. That's not the original singer. That'd be pretty disappointing. I would think. Yeah. It's like these people, these people going to see black flag now who, who don't know that Henry Rollins is a singer, even though it's hard to feel really bad for him. But well, that's true actually, because actually one of the uh, one of the local Chicago um, groups on Facebook that I belong to, you know, some local Chicago punk rock group, um, they posted it. <coughs> I feel bad for them actually. They said uh, they they broke the news that Andy Gill had died, and they put up a picture show, showing John King, so, showing the vocalists. So <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, guys, sorry, but that's not that's not Andy Gill. Um, but yeah, so I, I guess people do fixate on the singer, even though I believe Andy Gill wrote. Yeah, all I, the songs. I think he's definitely the key. You know, maybe he was the key guy, but yeah, yeah it's. I don't well, know. It's just always weird. And 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 he and he came up with that crazy staccato kind of guitar playing. Like he was, he would never do solos and stuff like that, right? It was all that, it that was funky style of guitar playing that I sort of hate. Well, I mean, if you the first album though doesn't really have that so much, right? No. It's almost no, just no, like, like noise. It's almost like sheets of noise he's doing on his guitar rather yeah. than uh, rather was than that, was that a band? Was that a band you're into? It was uh, man that first album, um, that Entertainment. I absolutely yep. adore that first album. Um, I have to admit, I got into it. Uh, well, I'm gonna say later on. It was '81 when I was in college. Was when oh, I was yeah. when I heard it for the first time, but I was blown away straight oh. away. Um, cause it was so unlike, like the other post-punk stuff mm. I was listening to, uh, Joy Division, Echo and the Bunnyman, you know, that kind of thing. Gang yep. of Four was completely different, you know? So, um, but they every... definitely had a strong political ideology more so than some of their contemporaries that they were a little did... more kind of apolitical. They did for sure. But the, the, the cool thing about it was they didn't bang you over the head with it. Yeah, like you, you were. They were like a th- a thinking man's post punk band, and they definitely had 
left-leaning um, ideology, but like I said, they didn't bang you over the head with it. Like the cartoon on the front of the album, you know, with the, the Indian and the cowboy or whatever. It it, yeah. it it doesn't beat you over the head with it, but you have to, as soon as you read it and you think about it, you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. So uh, they started off in an independent label on Fast Records, I believe. They put out their first single and then they got signed to a major and uh, yeah, they put out, their first couple of albums are excellent. I don't know if you really liked them much more after that, because I really didn't, to tell you the truth. I, I didn't either, but I only really have, I have that, and then I have like a a kind of a best of called like the Brief History of the 20th Century or something like that, which is like a yeah. compilation. I Those are the only ex- two albums I actually have by them. I have exactly the same thing. That's funny. Yeah. Um, and I have Except to... You probably got it on vinyl. I got them on CD. I, well, I have, I've got the first album on vinyl. Yeah, the first two albums I have on vinyl. Yeah, but What's the, the second one? Um, Solid, Solid Gold. Solid yeah. Gold, yeah. Okay. And it's even it's even less musical than the first one, actually. Hmm. Like a lot of the songs are just a beat with him doing his crazy guitar crap over the top of it, and and John hmm. King talking about singing about whatever. Um, hmm. Did you ever get to see him? I did. I saw them in 1981 in uh, at Manchester Polytechnic, and actually there was probably only about 50 people there. Hmm. And I remember it. I remember being amazed at that show just because, again, the sound, like his guitar sounded like no other guitar I'd ever heard. Mm. And uh, the singer was just like, he had like lumps of metal and stuff on stage and he was just banging the crap out of him. <laughs> just complete... so it was like a performance art kind of thing. Right. It, 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 kind, it kind of was, to tell you the truth. Um, and I think somebody really good warmed up for them and I, I, I can't remember who it was now. But uh, yeah, it was a very small gig. Um, mm. Yeah. But I have very good memories of that one too. So that was that was very sad, you know, to see people that were your contemporaries of, you know, passing away. Um, yeah. and, and unfortunately, it's happened all too often recently, right? And yeah, I mean, these guys, these guys, they're just not that old, right? I mean, um, obviously, I mean, obviously, the worst ones are the Ramones, right? The fact that all four of them are yeah. dead. I mean, that's that's just crazy when you think about it. Yeah, because Tommy was the oldest, and he only made it to his mid sixties. Right. I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, let's. And meanwhile, look... Marky. He waste of human flesh keeps trudging on. <laughs> yeah, he does, but you know he's not he's he's not an original. So, um, but he's the same age as those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I guess you're right. But uh, he played on the Voidoids album and stuff. I mean, he's old. He's an older guy. Yeah, but I mean, Joey, Johnny, Dee Dee, and Tommy yeah, all 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 yep. passed away, and then you got the Rolling Stones, and we're all still alive, recording uh, before them. And they're Ted Nugent. Yeah. How the hell is Ted Nugent still alive? What's up with that? <laughs> I don't know how old he is. <laughs> Too old. How's that? Too old. Yeah, don't let anybody tell you that eating red meat is bad for you because that's all Ted Nugent eats, raw red meat. Apparently. Yeah, hasn't, had <laughs> so, a bowel, hasn't had a solid bowel movement in 15 years. but Probably hasn't had a loose one in 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> <He's> just, uh, <laughs> so uh, what you uh, you want to play, uh, you want to do a Gang of Four song? We'll do it in a minute, but um, oh. how no, about... Go how, ahead. So, so of, all the, of all the punk rock guys that have died over the years, who have been some of the ones that have affected you the most? Well, it's it's funny because I think it has a lot to do with like when they died. Like I said, that Joe Young from any scene dying really bothered me, but I I had met him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was a little more intimate. But like I think Joey to me was probably the worst. And Joe, I, and I should Joey say Ramon Joe Strummer because I think Joe Strummer's yeah yeah Joey Ramone. Yeah. Um, Joe Strummer's been gone for fifteen years now, twenty years. Um, I don't know how long has Joe Strummer been gone for. Quite a few years. Um, so he died two thousand two. 2002 so yeah 18 years almost but here's the thing if we're being honest about it one of my i I was so my first son was born in 99 my daughter was born in 01 i was in those in that era like when joey died and when 
and when Joe Strummer died, I was really busy being a dad, which is not to say that I wasn't keeping track of what was going on in punk rock, but it was almost like I didn't really have time to get too worked up about stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of just like a blip on my radar. But the, the Joey one actually bothered me more when I read about it later. Because Joey was actually beating cancer. If you, I don't know if you've read read much about this, but Joey was actually beating cancer, and he was probably going to recover. But he fell down on a icy New York sidewalk, hmm. and hurt himself, and ended up laying there for a couple hours or something before somebody found him. And so he actually died from like complications of falling down and breaking his hip or something. Wow, or, I did not know that. That's uh, that's crazy. Contributed to his. It was. It was a sad. Joey was a sad story. You know, Johnny. Well, he had prostate cancer, right? Right. And I think Johnny wasted away for a long time too. And Dee Dee. Well, you know, Dee Dee lived by the sword, and he died by the sword. Yeah, unfortunately. Dee Dee overdosed in his fifties, which is not that glamorous. Right. And Tommy died of. He had cancer as well, didn't he? Yeah, but unfortunately, by the time the other guys were gone, it was too. Wasn't that easy to worry about Tommy? Yeah. Because Tommy obviously only was on the first three albums. Yeah, he dropped out so, and was replaced was by Marky. The best three albums, obviously. Yeah. yeah. But those, the, so I would say Joey to me, especially in hindsight. Um, the Joe Strummer thing is big too, obviously. I mean, there's smaller ones too, like when Dennis Denell from Social Distortion died. I was gonna, br- I was gonna bring that one up. That was I that met really him bu- one time too, real briefly. Yeah, that one, that that one really bummed me out when Dennis Denell, the guitarist from Social D, died. Because he was one of their, one of the yeah. He was the got... last one that made Social Distortion a real band. Right. Yeah, now yeah, yeah. and now it's just Mike Ness, and even though he's had the same guy, you know Johnny Two Bags, and yeah. he's had the same guys with him for quite a few years. But but yeah, that was the last thing that made Social Distortion a real band. Yeah, and I mean Dennis had been with him since the early early days. Yes, so, so, I don't yeah. know if he was in the very very first lineup, but he was on every record. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Until he died. Yeah. And the... You know, I I met Dennis Denell real briefly once. Okay. And uh, it's it's a funny story. It's kind of a funny story. So in 1992. Social Distortion and Ramones did a tour together. Yep, saw them in Chicago, yeah. Yeah, and they played, so they didn't play Grand Rapids or even Kalamazoo. They actually played up at a college up uh, about an hour north of here. So I can't remember exactly. It was on a Wednesday, and I know that because it was the day after the election where Bill Clinton got elected. So it would have been 92, yeah, 92. Mm -hmm. And we went up to see it, and it was an amazing, amazing show. But we were in the bathroom, and there was some guys talking trash, about how how they love Social D, but they didn't care about the Ramones. And I love both the bands, but it irritated me right. that somebody was loving Social D but couldn't pay their respect to the Ramones, you know? So I said, well, there wouldn't even be a Social D if it wasn't for the Ramones. And this guy turned around at the urinal and he says, yeah, it's true, but also MC5 and the Stooges, and it was Dennis Donnell. Huh. Hope and he had his pass on his, around his neck. I don't oh, know why boy. he was in the bathroom with us common folk, but I'm like, okay, touche. I guess I shan't argue with you. Well, he should have... I think he should have been a bit more... I don't know. That strikes me kind of the wrong way, to tell you the truth. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. no, it was all good fun. It was It was not... It wasn't... It, it wouldn't... I didn't take it bad at all. No, he should have been sticking up for the Ramones more, is what I mean. I mean, it almost... Yeah, well, but I took it as I'm... Def- he was defending the Ramones, too, I thought. But anyway, it didn't. It doesn't matter. Well, I have, to, s- I have all to... the Ramones are dead. I have to say that at, at that show, I did think that Social D blew the Ramones away. I... Um, I don't really remember that, thinking that. I just remember thinking how amazing of a show it was. Was that the first time you'd seen the Ramones? It was. As okay. a matter of fact, I always say, and I, obviously I don't get the opportunity to do this, but if I could go back and watch one show again, mm-hmm. 
as my age now and just go back and see the whole thing, that would be the show. Okay. See, to me, it was like I'd, I'd seen the Ramones. A few One of t- my favorite shows ever. Well, I mean, certainly if you look at the bill, yeah, definitely, right? Um, I no, I'd seen. I only Ram- saw the Ramones twice. Okay. Yeah, I'd, I'd seen them a few times before that. And um, to me, they were starting to get to that thing they were doing at the end where they were just playing all the songs much too fast. And mm-hmm. Joey and Joey didn't seem like he really cared that much about it he anymore. Lost his, he kind of lost his voice around the... Oh, around the Too Tough to Die era, I think. Yeah. I was going to say he halfway to sanity, his ability, but yeah. That kind of tenderness to his voice. Yeah. Well, like either that... More of a, well, yeah. see, see, I don't know if that's true, actually, because if you listen to his solo album, I think his voice is still there. I just think he got that's tired true, of... That's true, but, that, but he had re, he, the, the band had retired. Maybe he kind of was off the road. Maybe it was kind of a matter of, you know, rejuvenating a little bit. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe he had got tired of singing some of those songs, to tell you the <laughs> truth. What do you think? He got tired of not being able to look to one side of the stage because he didn't want to see Johnny. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, <clears throat> but, um, yeah, I thought the... Uh, so I thought Social D were much better than the Ramones on on, but I only saw one day to the tour to be to be fair. So I don't know yeah, if that was true, same. the whole way. But Social D that was when they were in their element, man. Ninety two. Yep. That was uh, that was that after was... the uh, Summer Between Heaven and Hell album. They were touring behind the Summer Between Heaven yep. and Hell, Hell album. Yep. Yeah. I no, still, that was really still got the T-shirt actually, and it's got a boot I saw print. Him twice on... on that, I saw them twice on that tour, and I saw them twice on the following t- on the White Light White Heat White Trash tour. Yeah. They would always do this thing. They'd be like, hey, we'll see you next year. And then they come back like four years later. <laughs> you know, because they're not exactly a prolific band as far on, as putting on material. Yeah, to tour the next album 10 years later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We're still waiting. Yeah. It's funny. I've I've still got the T-shirt from that show, and it's got a boot print on the back for some reason. I don't quite know why, but it does. But uh, Boots are punk Boots are punk rock, dude. Yeah, some of those T-shirts. These, I mean, have you seen how much old band T-shirts oh, yeah. go for? Go on eBay. It's crazy, right? Insane. Yeah. I wish I, I had a bag of really great ones, and I had two bags. I had one that was junk and one that was good, and my wife threw away the good one. Johnny, two bags? Is that what we're going to call you from now on? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Um, no, but the, yeah, the the uh, I'm trying to think what other, you know, you don't know these people personally, so. You know, the, the ones that bother me, you would probably laugh at me because it bothered me when Kurt Cobain died. Hmm. And it wasn't because I was such a huge Nirvana fan because I really wasn't. I was a modest fan but not a huge fan. But I'm like, man, this guy had the life that so many of us really wanted. And he had the world by the balls and he had all the money and he had all the creative control and he had what appeared to be something. Hello. And he freaking shot himself. Yeah. You know, so that bothered me, I think, more than Joel Strummer. Yeah, suicide is always a terrible, terrible thing. Well, um, because like I said, a lot of us were playing in bands in that era, and, and he seemed to reach the plateau that most of us thought would bring ultimate joy and happiness. Right. No, that's, yeah. And that's, he was a miserable bastard. Yeah, that's a good point, right? It just shows that fame can't always bring happiness. No. Um, that's true. For me, I mean, geez, I go, oh, and actually, this is this is pretty weird, right? Because today is actually the anniversary of Sid's death. So ah, yes. Sid so Vicious you would have been died. a teenager when he died. Yeah, Sid Vicious died February 2nd. Um, yeah, I would, I'd have been 16, so I was right in the wheelhouse there. Mm. <coughs> um, you, know what, you know what's funny is I listened to two records. I've listened to two records today. I had to work in the morning, and I, I came home and listened to a couple records, and I listened to Stiff, Lit, Stiff Little Fingers, Inflammable Materials, mm-hmm. a new press of that, which I think is 41 years old, like, today or yesterday or something mm-hmm. and then i listened to because i saw that sid was dead 41 years i listened to never mind the bollocks and how so good, those are my and the how two good records i sound? listened to today are 40 something years old each how good did that sound 
It sounded like, great. Yeah, I'm always, I'm, I'm always amazed when I when I put on bollocks how how fantastic it still sounds. I have the new Rhino like 180 gram press from a couple of years ago. It is, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so just rounding up the death talk, I think the people like Sid's death. It, it was shocking. Did, so, it no, was, yeah, I was going to say it, it was shocking shot. at the time, but it Boy, was, it was uh, shocking. It, but it was not unexpected. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it, it just wasn't because um, he was always he was always trending that way. Yeah. Um, well, like Stiv Baders. Yes, yeah, I was going to say Stiv. Stiv was, was was one of the ones that upset me the most. I must admit, just because of the stupid way that it happened, right? Got hit um, by a car, right? Got hit by a car in in Paris. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that one really upset me because he, like like you met that other guy from Anti Scene. I actually met Stiv. I have his autograph and stuff, and he was just a really nice guy. Yeah. Um, so that was uh, that was sad. It's and, funny uh, that he didn't self destruct. You know, he seemed. Yep. Hell bent on self destruction when he was younger too. Right, he did. I mean, we see him as. What about uh, like Darcy? Darby Crash. What about like Darby Crash? Was that on your radar or not really? Um, not really. And much like Sid, it seemed like he was aiming that way, almost aiming to die. Right. I mean, that's that's what yeah. the way that. Well, he, he basically intentionally overdosed, right? Right, and that's that's the way that that but, one. But these guys. Going. So Sid, what was Sid when he died? Twenty two, twenty three, right? Very, very young. Very young. Yeah. Yeah, and same think, thing with Darby, I think. Real, yeah. really early 20s. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Sid was just a kid, you know. He'd still talk about grown-ups and stuff, you know. Dumb kid. Yeah, big dumb kid. Um, Malcolm oh, Alt- Johnny Thunders. Uh, yeah, well, Johnny, I mean, that was sad because I think he I think he kicked his habit at one point, but he died of something else, right? Really? Um, I don't. I don't know. I can't yeah. remember. That was like 80... 80- Seven ish, or maybe early nineties. I, th- I think he had it. Well, he had a lot of health complications because of the because of the heroin addiction. I think mm-hmm. so. I think one of those are the things that actually finally killed him. Um, yeah, so that one was sad, but again, not unexpected. It's it's the unexpected ones that get you. Yeah, right. Because even the Kurt Cobain thing wasn't really unexpected because there was a rumor he had canceled a bunch of shows in Europe the year before, and there was a rumor that he tried to kill himself. So there was kind of a rumor going around that he was. Had been suicidal or whatever, but yeah. And I mean, if we're going to talk about suicide, you can't get beyond Ian Curtis, right? I mean, that's the well, yeah. He's another one, early twenties, right? Yeah, saddest one of all, right on the right on the uh, on the on the verge of their American tour. So they never actually did play here. No, no. Um, that was like real early eighties too. Yeah, he um, he yeah, fucking he hung himself in his in his in his kitchen. I mean, Jesus, imagine coming home to that. The young wife coming home to that. Um, yeah. So that one, and then Malcolm Owen from the Ruts uh, overdosing in the bathtub. That was a sad one. You know what? One now, of the how old was now? He was. That he was, was what year? That was late seventies, early eighties. That would have been like seventy nine, I think. Because they only had the one album, right? They had the one album. Yeah, they had the one album, and then the band continued, but they added the, the DC to the end of the name, which I appreciated. But did yeah. they do that like right away, or was that like years later? No, they did that right away because the second oh. album was Ruts DC. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, okay. they did already change the name. So, but he OD'd in the bath, which is which is just pitiful to think about, isn't it? Really. Mm. Um, and then, of course, last year, Pete Shelley, Buzzcocks. I yeah, now he that, was in his sixties. He was in his sixties, yeah. But it was like you know they were still doing stuff. They were still touring. Yeah. They had a new band. Yeah, there was no. It wasn't like he had a lingering illness, right? He just dropped right, dead. Right. Um. I mean, he he put on a lot of weight and stuff like that. And I don't know if he. Had, I think he had a heart attack, right? I think that's what killed him. Oh, it could be. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it was natural cause, some sort of natural cause. But it was sad because they were still touring. You had two younger guys in the band. They were kind of revitalized and stuff. And they were, yeah. start, they were starting to get their just desserts and their rewards for all their years and, you know, their heavy influence on all those new bands. 
and then uh, then he then he passes. Um, and the fact that they're carrying on, I really don't know what to say about that. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not real crazy about that either. Yeah. Well, and you know, it reminds you as you know, you and I like to go see the old bands play, but sometimes it's a bitch. You know, sometimes it's like, oh, it's a Wednesday night and it's an hour away or whatever. So sometimes you talk yourself out of it because you don't feel like doing it. But it's which I actually just did. Like a band, you better go see them. You don't. There's no guarantee that tomorrow you're going to get another chance. And that and that that Who's is that? very that is very true. Um, but I actually did. Now, not... did you? I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say you skipped the attics this week, didn't you? That was about what I was going to say. Yeah, I was on Wednesday. It was a Wednesday night, and it was at my least favorite venue in yep. Chicago, which is the House you of Blues. Should have drove to Milwaukee Friday. So um, I was like, you know what, screw it. And then I do know one person that went, and she said it was amazing. You know, I, I heard it was. I've been hearing really good reports. The Detroit show. Some of my pals opened that, ended up opening that show, and they said it was just fantastic. But I, I was, I couldn't, I just couldn't do it this week. It just was not possible. Well, the opening bands too. If if the opening bands had been good in Chicago, I might have gone. Um, like they had some really good opening bands at some of the other shows and it, it seems like they didn't tour with them. They just picked up openers as they no, went. No, they did. So, so, you know, I've talked about, I'm the, one of the local bands here that's done pretty well is a band called the Lippies They're from right. Grand Rapids. And they, uh, the management for the management for the addicts emailed them literally like this week or last week and said, Hey, you want to come open the show? And they went out to Detroit, open the show. Right. But I'm just saying they didn't have a touring band that went with no, them all no, over the tour. So they had another local Detroit band opening too, but they seem to be singling out opening bands with female singers. Well, that that's interesting actually, because yeah, one of the opening bands in Chicago was an all female band. Hmm. Um, you think it's monkey creeping on some young, may, maybe, but, they, young but that I've seen that band before and I really don't like them. So I was like, that was another reason why I decided to stay at home. The opener you're talking about. Yeah. The openers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the funny place, cause like the addicts aren't my very favorite band. Right. But they have some undeniably great songs. I mean, Viva La Revolution is a great song, right? It is. I mean, they had some great, and, but the funny thing about them, I believe it's the, all five of the originals, right? Um, I, yeah, I've read that. Yeah. I don't know I mean, if that's, that's I don't know if they're it's over true. 40, they're over 40 years in. Yeah. Cause they kind of, make themselves up so it's hard to tell but right uh talk amongst yourselves while i look this up a second hold on a second but i'm pretty sure they advertise it as yeah as as like and i know like some of these bands are have a pretty classic lineup like cox bars got had the same lineup for a long time but it's not the exact same five guys as it was in 1972 or whatever right oh no it's not the original lineup there's a whole bunch of people that used to be in the band that aren't in, in the band anymore oh, forget it then i take it back yeah Screw you, addicts. Man, no, they're, 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 all... a fun, they're a fun band to see. They put on a show, too. You know, they have lights, and they shoot confetti in the crowd, and they honestly do a bunch of very non-punk rock stuff, but it makes for a good show. Yeah, they're on their sixth bass player. Oh, well, bass player. That seems to... Hey, don't you be dissing bass players. <laughs> yeah. Rhythm section's pretty much interchangeable, right? Yeah, oh, that's not Did, very nice. Yeah, but no, that's, anyway, yeah, I get it, man. I, 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 I'm not even giving you a hard time, because I would have really liked to go see it, too, and I just did not make it, so... yeah. And I don't know, it's one of, it's one of those things, right? As, as you get older, you get home from work and, you know, you're tired after a day of work. And I'm not saying the tired thing, but it's like, I don't want to drive, struggle with, I've, it's just taking me an hour to get home in traffic. I Let's really just don't admit wanna... it. it. It was at House of Blues. If it would have been anywhere else, you would have gone. I probably would have done, actually, yet yeah, to be fair. If it would have been at Metro, I'd have definitely been there. Um, yeah. But House of Blues, that's for people that don't know, House of Blues is like right in the middle of downtown. downtown. We're, we're parking. We're parking is like twenty five bucks an hour and shit like that, and you'll get a ticket in a second if it's if it goes a minute over. 
The beers are literally twelve dollars. Yeah, and and it's and there's like bounce at that place is just full of bouncers telling you can't stand there, can't stand there. I I hate that place. I just hate it. So I've only been there <coughs> once. And it was for an ex- excellent show, but yeah, it's not it's not a great place. Yeah. So it's about as it's about as punk rock as Target, you know. No, it's yeah, punk it's Target the, it, it's, it's the most corporate environment, yeah. the most corporate yeah. venue I think I've ever been in. It's uh, it's the Applebee's of venues. Yeah, it's dreadful. Um, but get rounding this conversation back to where we started. Um, let me play a gang of four song. Um, this is uh, the song I'm going to play is from the first album Entertainment, and this song is the first song off the second side. This song is called "I Found That Essence Rare." by the Gang of Four. So enjoy, and uh, R.I.P. Andy Gill.
Okay, Pop Pickers, that was uh, Gang of Four, where they found that Essence Rare. Hopefully you uh, haven't heard that one in a while. Because I know there's been a lot of people doing doing things for, for Andy, and they've but they've all been playing like the same two songs, right? Yeah, it's at Home is a Tourist. And yeah, At Home is a Tourist. The one I recommend. <laughs> yeah, um, so I'm glad, I, I'm glad I played something a bit different. But uh, yeah, some, there has been some very sad news in the punk rock community the last week or two. So uh, 2020 hasn't got off to a real good start for that stuff. Well, and, and like I said, it's funny. It's funny because none of them, none of them are really big names. You know, this stuff's not going to make a huge splash beyond kind of the small inner music circles. But yeah, it, it sucks. Yeah. Right. So, um, <coughs> talking of gigs, what have you got? Anything, uh, anything coming up recent in the next oh, uh, in the next month or so? I got, I got Jack. I got to tell you, I don't have anything really on the horizon until March. Um, and April actually is going to heat up and look really good. Like April, I'm looking at um, April. I'm looking at Slobby Seconds twice, and I'm looking at Subhumans, and I'm looking at Teenage Bottle Rocket, and that one is actually in Grand Rapids, which is getting to be pretty rare. And then uh, with my pals the Lippies, who I was just talking about, who went down to open for the Attics, they're they're opening that, and a band called Tightwear that I don't know. I think they're from Chicago. And then uh, in May, I got one thing on the docket, and that is Anti Flag and Bad Cop Bad Cop at a small club around here but i'll tell you what man the winter is not good right i don't at least not in grand rapids i don't know how chicago looks but spring looks really promising spring is crazy tell you what i haven't i haven't seen as many gigs being booked this early um for a long time so just like you were yeah, saying that seems to be the trend isn't it months yeah. and months ahead of time um so starting off with now i'm not a big fan of the bomb pops but they're playing with Tightwire, that band you just mentioned Okay. So hold on. Oh, actually, so is that Tightwire from Chicago, or do you not know? I don't know. To tell you the truth, okay. actually, no. I'll go the day before that. The day before March twentieth, we got the Queers. Um, at Reggie's. Yep. Yep. At Reggie's. I'm going to see them in in Indiana. I'm still trying to talk you into that. Or is this his other gig that night? Um. Oh, I don't. So we got the Bomb Pops the next night at Reggie's with Tightwire. Um. Then like a week later, we got the Sloppy Seconds at Reggie's. Right. Yep. We got Sloppy Seconds. Yep. Uh, then the day after that, we got off with their heads at Beat Kitchen. Yep. And we got the Subhumans that same week. Yep. We got Teenage Baller Rocket the next, the night after Subhumans. Oh, it's the night after. See, it's yep. the following week here. Yep. Um, then we got the Chats uh, a couple weeks later. Now, but see, that's at the House of Blues again, isn't it? It is. It is. That one I might actually give a miss, but again, just because of the House of Blues thing. Yeah. Um, I can't believe they're headlining House of Blues. I, I, yeah, I mean, that's a that's a... Oh, it's a fifteen hundred person venue. That seems yeah. kind of big for a band like the Chats, right? Well, I was shocked. I thought jeans but mean jeans is opening for them yeah not that i'm a mean jeans fan but they're a pretty established band in the drag world yeah i mean what what's happened <laughs> before actually the, i've seen i have seen it where bands have been booked at, at a bigger venue and if they don't sell any tickets they move them to a smaller venue if there's one available so that wouldn't actually surprise me well that's that's all fine and good but but this is a big corporate venue it's not like they can just bump it over to the i mean i mean i don't know i don't know who owns what in chicago but i mean you know, some of the venues do work together, but where are they going to move it to? That's true. I mean, yeah, I mean, they going to move it to the Metro? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess Metro holds like eleven hundred. Metro is hardly a small place either. You know, it's not but when it, you when, when you're downstairs though. It doesn't seem you know standing up downstairs. It doesn't seem like a big no, venue. You know, there's only yeah, you can only get about five hundred down there, and that's packed. Yeah, I've actually never watched a show from upstairs there. I have. I've been I've been to Metro so many times. But I mean, it's over just it's just like the same upstairs as downstairs, right? It is more well the seats. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, 
So, so the chats, and then um, Emil and the Sniffers on the fir- like two days after the chats, now, which is they interesting. Playing? They're playing Lincoln Hall, which is a nice venue. Okay. Don't know that. Um, Agnostic Front two days later. Yeah, I would like to come down for at that. At Subterranean. And they're playing with, uh, who are they playing with? They're playing sick with of some, it all. Sick of it all, yeah. So that's, yeah, that's, that's a great, no, that's a great, great lineup. Like, typical of Detroit, they're doing, it's during the middle of the week. And okay. I'm, you know, I'm I'm only a little closer to Detroit than I am to Chicago. It's pretty, you know, it's pretty much mm-hmm. either way. And I just, I can't, I can't go that far and drive back home. I just can't. I'm too old. Yeah. Plus, I like to have a beer. Yeah, no, I understand that completely. Anyway, sorry. Uh, and they're playing at Subterranean, which is a small venue. Mm. I mean, we're talking about 500 max, maybe? The place they're doing Detroit smaller. Yeah, even smaller than that. It's called The Shelter. It's pretty small. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to say because there's like two floors to Subterranean and it's like a horseshoe. Mm. So it's tough to say. But mm. I'd say no more than 500 for sure. Once again, never been in that venue, unfortunately. Yeah, it's great. Well, they've got that's where the Subhumans are playing too. So that, that mm. should be a good one. Um, then a few, then a week, a few days later, actually, you got the Coffin Cats at uh, the Coffin Cats and the Rosedales. Okay. And, yeah, they're playing here too at a very small place, 125. Yeah, and then the next day, or the day before that, again at Subterranean, there's Blitzkid playing with the Rosedales. I don't know if you. I know. don't know them. Blitzkid, know one Blitzkid. of those, the one of those horror punk kind of bands, hmm. kind of misfits, kind of one. So tell me something that, like, at Subterranean, do they have like? Can you go in there? You're going to a show there. Do they have a window or somewhere where you can buy tickets for other shows there? Um, I don't believe so. Because it's almost like a, a lot club. of the venues around. Most of the venues around here, you can go there and buy. So, like, I'm going to the venue to buy one show or to watch a show. I'll buy tickets for the next show on there, so I don't have to pay all the fees and all that crap. That makes sense, and that I mean that's cool. But I, I mean, Subterranean is also a dance club, so I don't huh. think they don't have a box office per se. You know. Well, like the the the, the place I love to go here, the Pyramid Scheme, they just have them behind the bar. Oh, they open they... at like four. They open at like four o'clock in the afternoon. So, like after work this week, I'm gonna go down there and. That's a good. That's a good excuse to go to the bar at four o'clock. Well, I, I well, like I it. Say, you know, I I won't have to pay all those fees. Granted, it'll cost me a couple of beers, but you know, yeah, it, it seems like better money, better spent than pointless fees. You know. Yeah. So we got that, and then um, and yeah, Anti Flag is plugged in there somewhere. Anti Flag is playing Reggie's. I no, they're playing somewhere else this time. Oh, I think they're doing Reg. Uh, I think it's Reggie's. Oh, is it? Yeah. Uh, oh no, they're playing Cobra Lounge. Oh, Cobra. Smaller. Yeah. And um, and and there's someone else playing Cobra Lounge too. I mean, May, April and May are just packed. Like that is just. I, a... I think it's going to be a good year in general. I, I so I I go to all I'll go to all my local shows here. I'll go, so, Teenage Bottle Rocket and Annie Flag are both playing at the same club about a month apart. I'll definitely go to both of those. Yeah, I've got tickets already to go see Sloppy back to back. That's Chicago and Green Bay. And I'm going down to see the Queers and Logansport. I don't know. Like, I'd love to go to the Agnostic Front thing. I just don't know. I don't know if I'll be. I don't know if I'll be able to get down there for that yet or not. We'll see. Yeah. I haven't seen them for years. I'd love to see them again. But so, uh, so I mean, yeah. So the first the first one of this uh, big big lineup isn't happening until the, towards the end of March. So yeah, February looks like it's going to be. Pretty, well, the pretty... good news is it's the shortest month. Yeah. Well, see that we got the extra day this year, don't we? Isn't this a leap year? That's right. No, yeah. you're right. It's yeah. A leap year. Um. Now I got Soul Asylum coming on at the Metro if I feel like getting out, but you know. That's Soul funny. Asylum. So are you a Soul Asylum fan? No. <laughs> I'm just saying if I feel like going out and seeing somebody. Well, it's funny because I actually kind of am. I mean, I like that one album, right? The one with like yeah, the Grave Dancers Union album. Yeah, that one. Is that the yeah. one everybody had in the early '90s, right? Well, it, you know, they they have a legitimate punk connection. 
because they were in that same sort of scene with Husker Du and the replacements and all that. So you and know the, the uh, you know the album Kids Won't Follow the EP by Replacements. Yeah, the early one. Yeah, there's that thing at the beginning where it's like uh, the this is the Minneapolis Police Department. We're shutting this down or whatever. And then somebody screams in the background. That is that's the singer from uh, Soul Sound. Dave Perner. Dave Perner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So. Well, there you go. Yeah, you learned something today, kids. I mean, they definitely are more associated with the grunge movement than the punk movement, but I agree. That's a great record. Right. Um, so, you know, that's a that's a possibility if that's on, like, a Friday night or something like that. And, you know, going down the Metro is always fun. Get some drinks in the G-Man beforehand and afterwards. That's That, that could be a fun one, I guess. It's true. And then um, the band Radioactivity, who I know that you haven't haven't heard i don't I think i don't right? really know them no yeah they're they're good i mean i've got a couple of albums of theirs and they're good they're they're playing empty bottle on the 19th of february so empty bottle is kind of a kind of a uh drive for me it's uh is that in the city too or what i don't know that it one. is i mean i've heard of it but it's it, it is in the city it's um not quite as far as reggie's but it's getting down there <coughs> like it's about 100 mm. north or something like that so it's you know it's it's pretty far south for me but um, maybe, maybe I'll. Get, I don't know what night of the week that one is. I I guess yeah. I'd like to see Radioactivity though. They're they're good. So um, well, there was a. And he's gone again. Well, Man, this is Radioactivity is a dirt nap band, right? Um, Oop, I, I'm I back. Don't I don't know. I'm not I a. Hope. I'm not a record label guy, to tell you the truth, my friend. Well, so well, you. I think I, I mentioned it to you that that Dirt Nap Records was having a festival in Madison. Oh, I yeah, that's right. You did. And I, I saw Madison, I saw Wisconsin. I'm pretty yeah. sure they were on the list. Aren't they a mar- like a related to the Markmen somehow? They they were the spin off, uh, not spin off band. The Markmen broke up, right, and then they became Radioactivity. You're right. Okay. So yeah. I actually so that that show looks like it's already sold out. Oh, it does. Because our our Canadian friend wanted to go down there. He's big into he's big into those Dirt Nap bands. I think he might have got tickets. I'm not sure. But uh, Madison's uh, not that bad of a drive. Not bad for you. For, I think it was five and a half for me. Okay. Probably less than three for you. But anyway, I guess we're not doing that. Yeah, Dirt Nap, that is quite correct. So I don't really, I'm not really familiar with any of those bands. I saw the lineup and I said, boy, a lot of those bands are, bands are vaguely familiar to me, but there was nothing that really jumped out at me like must see. Right. That's funny, man, because looking at this, looking at the radioactivity, um, at all their releases. So the two albums were on Dirt Nap. But then they have like four seven inches and none of the seven inches were on Dirt Nap. All different Nap. labels. They're yeah, all on different that's labels. That's not that uncommon though. Yeah, why would they do that though? Like like well, back in the some day. Some other label wanted to put something out by them, but they have a contract with or some kind of a deal with Dirt Nap, but but it only covers the LPs probably. Huh. See back in the day oh. back in the day, obviously you, when you signed a record deal, that was everything. Everything you did because because well, the singles were what made the money, right? So they'd be the le- they'd be the leaders for the album. You know that would what would sell people on getting the album. So, so um, I think it's the opposite. Well, because in the nineties, yep. Oh, there? Yeah, yeah. I, I never know if it's just a silence or you've dropped away again. <laughs> no, I don't know. That's that's irritating me. I don't know what's going on. Lo, lo-fi, fi episode today, huh? Yeah. But no, I was gonna say back in the '90s. So like, if your band was on Lookout, your LPs would be on Lookout, but you might put seven inches out on all kinds of different labels. So I really don't didn't don't think twice about that. That's interesting. Okay, yeah. So that is a but big. But there was difference. no money in singles by that point, really. You know, I think the LP was the big money maker. Yeah. Well, so they wouldn't oh. want to. They wouldn't want to release though the like the, the the best track on the on the album as the as a leader for the album like a like a month ahead of time or something to get people excited. But that's a big label thing, right? 
that's like a major label thing. But it makes sense to be in any label thing, doesn't it? You want people yeah, to be excited about the album. I guess. Wait, is that is well, that why is that why bands these days are putting out those stupid flexi discs? I mean, what? Do, what do oh, you those. Nah, those are just like a super cheap promotional thing. I think. Well, yeah, promotional. Well, so, okay, so case in point, right? I bought. Send me I, five stamps, and I'll send you a couple kids. I I, I bought the Drowns album on vinyl. Yep, and they sent and, you a flexi. And there's a but it's a flexi of a song that's on the album. Yeah, yeah. So wh- why the fuck would I have... Well, I'm never going to play it because the song is already on the... Put something on there that's not on the album, right? It, it doesn't make any sense. Well, but you don't. But you wouldn't want that either because you don't want an exclusive track on a flexi. Well, let me tell you. Because you're like, why do I have this exclusive track on this piece of crap format? Agreed. I will agree with you there, but actually Joy Division did do that. They put out, <laughs> they put out two tracks on a flexi. Um, really? Yep, and you could only get it by they, they didn't charge for it, but you had to go to the record store and ask for it. Like only independent record stores had it, so you had to go to the independent record store and mm. ask for it. And they had it behind the counter and stuff. And it was not at the time; it was never on any album. Obviously, now Comikino has been released on any one of all the, the compilations. Yeah, CD all the group. compilations. But at the time, man, that was a big deal, and there was that was that flexi was swapping hands for like decent cash mm. back in the day. I have so many of these things. I probably have like fifty of them. Yeah. Um. But I got that Drowns album also. I actually got a couple other things from my friends at Pirates Press. And I'm one of them I really want to talk about, but I actually haven't been able to get it to work yet. One of them, so I got the I got the Drowns album and I got the new uh Charger single, which Charger is uh the bass player for Rancid, whose name I can't think of at the moment. Oh, uh Matt? Matt Freeman, yeah, yeah. yeah. Matt Freeman's new project is called Charger, and they're pretty cool, but it's it's really a really heavy motorhead vibe. Yeah, that's what I've heard, yeah. But they're good. I dig them. But I got their new 12-inch single, and it's called Watch Your Back. Not the not the old Cox Bar song. Great uh, song. But it's, uh, it's, it's really cool. But they're, you know, Pirates Press, their big thing is they, they're more into pressing records than they are into being – it's like they're, the majority of their revenue comes from actually pressing records for other people. Okay. They have a plant or something. Yeah. And uh, so they're always, like, experimenting with new technologies. And this is a, a like a picture disc, but it's – put on there in a different way so the sound is great it's like a regular vinyl record doesn't was, have the oh good i was gonna say it doesn't most, have the negatives of the old picture discs yeah the old picture discs and some of them looked okay some of them even looked terrible but some of them looked okay yeah. but you couldn't play the damn things they yeah no like this ass. is this is definitely you wouldn't you would never know it because it sounds so good um but the other thing they sent the other thing i got is a five inch wreck which is actually made on a cd press so I want to I want to play this thing. It's a band called Territories that I really like. Canadian Canadian band. Uh, used to be Knucklehead. Anyway, cool cool band. I really liked the record a couple of years ago. But my my turntable does not want to play this thing. So I push my arm over. Obviously, I, I usually have it. It's an automatic. I usually right. play seven or twelve inch, right? Mm-hmm. And I push the arm over, and before I can drop it, it starts coming back. It doesn't like to go all the way over to play this five inch. So. My daughter has one of these like cheaper like Victrola type of things, so I think I'm gonna have to go down there and try to play it. So if you bust that, it doesn't make a difference anyway, right? Pretty much, yeah. but it's but it's um, I I don't know if it's cool or not. I at least I haven't listened to it yet, so I don't know what the sound of it is. But uh, I I don't know. It's just it's a novelty thing, right? Yeah, I mean, why would they do it? I mean, I saw it for like um, Record Store Day last year. Uh, I mean, Hell- Hellcat was doing like when they doing like a three inch or something Incorrect. like that. They did like a Two rancid, songs. yeah, rancid. 
what's the point? I mean, really, I, what is the point? I, I don't know. I, I just – you imagine? You know how irritating it is turning over a two-song seven-inch. Right. Well, and like you say, like a regular record player isn't going to be able to play it. No. I, I can't get this thing – and I don't know – yeah, I don't want to break my record player, so I don't I – don't, but I want to hear the song. I like the band. Well, I'll tell you what. The next time you come over, you, you can bring it over because I, I don't have uh, – my turntable isn't automatic. It's uh, it's manual, so okay. I, can, I can probably play it. Now, well, I can do it manual for 12-inch or 7-inch or 10-inch or whatever if I choose to. I usually just use automatic, you know. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, when I get that far over, it doesn't want to be over that far. Oh, it's, it, just, oh it starts kicking and thinks it's going – okay, yeah, wants gotcha. To come, wants to come back. Yeah, yeah. So I can put it, I can just pick the thing up, you know, and, and push it over with my finger. But by, yeah, I, by the time I try to line it up, and you know there's no worse horror than dropping your needle onto your slip mat. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's very true. So, so yeah, I haven't been able to listen to the thing. I have one five-inch record in my collection previously, and it is Joey Ramone's solo version of Merry Christmas, I Don't Want to Fight Tonight, which I think I played on one of our real early episodes around Christmas time. You did. No, you, played played the, the, you played it on the Christmas but, episode. You did. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it but it's this kind of novelty little thing where it's green. It's a five-inch, and it's a green, and it has a little hook thing, so you can actually hang it on your tree. Oh, that's cute. Which I've never done, but it's it's kind of fun. That's a cute idea, um, yeah. There was a few labels in the 90s putting out 5 Inches. There was, like, there was a series called Live on a 5 that had, like, a one song on each side or whatever, and it was... Hmm. Yeah, just a seems, punk thing. just seems like, I mean, but, and, uh, and there's also, I'm, 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 man, you are you are just coming and going today, my friend. No, I see. I think I'm losing you. I don't know. Anyway, no, keep going. I hear you. Um, I, I was gonna say that, and that ties into some of like the uh, the weird shaped picture discs, right? Uh-huh. Where you can get them like in a strange shape, but your record player just completely refuses to play it. <laughs> I have one of those that's shaped like a pair of boots, like a pair of Doc Martens, but it's so big that it, it won't spin. Now, who was that? Which what, what band is that? Oh, it was uh, I can't remember. Suede Razors, maybe I can't remember. Oh, is it? Oh, is it those guys that did London Skinhead Crew? Is it them? Who's in Glory? Yeah, it could have been yeah. Booze and Glory. Booze and Glory, yeah, yeah, yeah. Booze and Glory did like I have like a cool twelve inch that has like Booze and Glory cut out of the edge of the record. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. But that one's weird because it plays backwards. I couldn't get the thing to play. <laughs> you have to play it from the inner groove to the outer groove. And that's a good idea to make your record so intricate that nobody can play it. Well, it's just, and I have another one by this band called Noise. You know Noise, right? Noise, I love Noise. Yeah, yeah, great yeah, band. They, like a charity single. Uh, it was like an anti-school shooting thing, and it had bullets cut out of the edge of it. Oh, but it's boy. not twelve-inch size. It's not seven-inch size. So finding the groove, <laughs> the groove to start it playing is kind of pain. <laughs> It's like they're it's like they're trying to aggravate us on purpose. Wait till you put the needle in the wrong place and it gets caught in those bullet holes and she's like, bark, 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 bark. like, oh no! Well, the worst thing I I have one one album and I don't know why it is. You know, on the playout grooves, um, where you know if you don't get if you see, I don't have an automatic turntable, so I have to manually lift it out when it gets to the end of the record. Oh really? Um, or just but, sit there? But it's but it's fine because normally it's a spiral groove, so it doesn't go yep. anywhere. But I have yep. one that at the playout there, it's just smooth. And so the needle just immediately skipped right into the label. Ah. So, yeah. So that sounded great. And I'm sure it probably did a whole bunch of damage. Needles to the are stylus expensive. Too. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Indeed, they are. Huh. That's no so, good. Yeah. Record problem. Boy, first, talk about some first world problems, huh? Well, for, for some reason, this is reminding me of um, there was a New Order 12 inch single. And I can't remember which one it was. It was one of the famous ones. It was one of the really, really big ones. Um, like 80s. 
Yeah, yeah. I think it was like the like the second or third, one of their biggest singles. Oh, not um, like when they got more dancey. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But oh, um, it was that era, like uh, True Faith or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think it, it might have been true. Yeah, um, but the I guess the record the sleeve. It must have been so intricate. It had some die cutting and stuff like that on the record sleeve <laughs> and stuff like that. So they actually ended up losing like half a million pounds because they because they because the, the the amount of, the amount of cost there was to making these they making these twelve inch sleeves actually was more than the uh, they sold the record for. So they actually made a huge loss on that twelve inch single. So I must I must say that might be that might be one of those bands that for me almost falls into like the guilty pleasure category. I love their like early kind of danceable music. New Order stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I like like actually, I said, that true true faith, bizarre love triangle, that kind of stuff. You know, that kind of it was just good stuff. Actually, you know what? It might have been bizarre love triangle. Is what it might okay. have, is what it might have been or temptation. It was one of those. Okay. Um, yeah, I love that stuff. I don't know why because I don't really like a lot of music like that. Yeah. But I do like that. Actually, talking about talking about New Order, I was and Joy Division. I was actually going to say that when we're talking about that greatest of all time thing, the rant yeah. I was going to go on about uh, Neil Peart and stuff like that. I was actually going to say that I think the drummer from Joy Division slash New Order, Stephen Morris, he's one of the best drummers I've ever heard. Hmm. That guy's interesting. Inc- that guy's incredible. Huh. He's like a machine. He's a machine, hmm. and he didn't need a hundred piece drum kit to do it. <laughs> so take that, take that, Neil Peart. Don't hate on Neil Peart. You got no love. You got no love for Russian Neil Peart, huh? No, I, I really don't. And uh, I'm going to make Adam from uh, from the other podcast angry, huh? Because he's Canadian. Yeah, I don't think he was a big Rush fan, though. No. Not, it doesn't seem like it would be in his. Yeah, I think all those Canadians stick together, buddy. You think so? You think yeah. it's like a, you insult Neil Peart, you insult everyone? <laughs> yes. God yes. forbid you say. God forbid you say anything about Gordon Lightfoot. He'll come to your house and punch you in the face. Oh, okay. Here it was. I just looked it up. It was Blue Monday. It was a 12 oh, Blue inch. Monday. Fo- it was yep, a twelve, yep. yeah. It was a twelve-inch for Blue Monday, and they 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 cut the sleeve so it looked like a big floppy disk. <laughs> so it was die cut with like holes. I mean, it's it's gorgeous looking, right? It's gorgeous mm. looking, but yeah, um, die cut so it looked like one of those huge old school um, f- five-inch floppy disks, mm. and um, and supposedly that cost so much to do that it's uh, that it that it made that like lose like half a million pounds or something like that. So mm. so there you go. You do kind of miss that, you know, the 70s, and I'm not, not punk rock records so much, more like the like the big mainstream rock and roll records. They just put so much effort into the sleeves and stuff back in the day. Yeah, that, that, you know, no, they were, that's true. They were so nice, like the early Alice Cooper records and the Slade and all these bands that, you know, weren't necessarily that great, but they were just really cool. Like if they wanted a mirror on the album, the album would have a mirror on it. You know, just just cool cool stuff that you that they kind of cut those costs later where they wouldn't put that kind of money into something it just you know it was, it was cool it was an artistry in itself and i think the cd era kind of totally ruined that you know it did by losing the big the big yeah know, the, covers and all that yeah but, well think about the rolling stones right they had that well the sticky fingers with like the zipper and the yep, yep on it and crotch. like yeah and the velvet underground with the banana sticker and stuff like yep. that and so yeah yep. Well, it's funny because I was just, like I said, I just played the two records I played last last were Stiff Little Fingers and the Sex Pistols one. And the Sex Pistols repress has the, on the back cover where it looks, where it feels like there's a sticker put over one of the songs with a different song thing. Yeah. And you can actually, feel, I actually felt the raised, I'm like, wow, that's kind of a nice, nice attention to detail, you know? Yeah, because. And some I, of the smaller labels are still doing really cool stuff, but on a wide scale, there's just not much, you know? Right. Yeah, I don't um one of my best ones is the very first orchestral maneuvers in the dark album. Mm. Um that's die cut. Mm. So it's got like a, it's got like an orange liner. 
and the actual cover itself is like a is like a blue and mm. so because of the die cut holes in it you can see the orange liner through it it looks really cool it's actually really well done and you're right they don't do stuff like that anymore well, which is a shame was, you know we're talking about my my buddies uh, my buddies over at failure records and tapes this little label in indiana and they do some really cool stuff but they yeah, their last last year they put out a split seven inch between a detroit man called child bite and uh hardcore band from cleveland called ringworm you ever heard of them by any yeah yeah i've heard of both of those yeah they're they're they're, they're cool both cool bands but the the singer for child bite did the covers and yeah it's got like a die cut front and like the insert that goes inside has different things so you can actually like rotate the inner thing to make different patterns on the front you know it's just just cool stuff attention to detail that you just don't get very much anymore now, and the much... truth of the matter is listen i grew up in the era of black and white photocopied seven inch covers you know well yeah that was the thing yeah when it it's got like to no color at all yeah and and i love that and i'm still drawn towards that style of art if we're being honest yeah and if you see something in the wild you can almost tell whether or not you're going to like it based on that kind of really severe black and white old military picture artwork kind of thing you know yeah so, yeah but i can appreciate the other yeah, I mean, I mean that goes to the DIY notions of punk, right? When you know they photocopy some sleeves and cut them themselves and do yeah, the whole thing exactly. themselves, and, and so the and, and it'd be like, well, we had we made five hundred copies of this, four hundred and sixty six of them had had the you know proper labels, and the other thirty four were handmade <laughs> out yeah. of construction paper because we ran out. And, and Henry yeah. Rollins owns all of those thirty four. Just yeah, exactly, just so you know, exactly. <laughs> and he won't sell them to you. No, he'll write about them. No one show them in his book. Exactly. So, uh, so, so yeah. yeah. So we, uh, once again, I think we've gone over our hour. We have. That is our, that we... is our optimal. And uh, we talked about a bunch of dead people. It was sort of depressing, but I think we came alive at the end. Yeah. I'm actually uh, going to play one last song, if I could. And it's yeah, got, it's got yeah. actually nothing to do with uh, any of the stuff that we've been talking about. So, Oh, is uh, it going to be like super upbeat and super happy? Um, I, it's, it's the kind Walking of, on Sunshine? It's kind of an angry song, actually, so it, ah. it, it models my uh, my mood perfectly. Um, <laughs> this is by a band called Smogtown, who, um, California, I think LA-based band. I am bands. not at all familiar with them, I must say. Uh, they're like a, well, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call them a skate punk band, almost like more of a surf core band. But... Hmm. Uh, very angry, very angry, very angry at the new wave scene in L.A., very angry at other surfers, very angry at everybody, basically. <laughs> so it's like you, except for from the West Coast. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and the older, too, so it's good. I believe the nice. band actually broke up, and now they've changed the name to Gross Polluter. So huh. that's good, too. Um, but anyway, this is, uh, this is Smogtown with the song Judy is a Model. Public 
Okay, so there you go. Hope you enjoyed that. I do. I I really love Smog Town, and they they didn't get enough publicity for sure. I gotta but, check them out. Yeah, that was Smog Town. Judy is a model. Tom, I think you'd like him too because you're almost as angry as me. So I think you'll appreciate well, you know, some I of the humor. I, tra- I always talk about how I've, as I got older, I've tried to become a peacemaker, but I can be riled up. Yeah, all you have to do is mention the uh, mention <laughs> mention the phrase <laughs> "tramp stamp" to you, and you'll get <laughs> very angry. Well, there's more phrases than that, unfortunately. That will rile me up. Yes, yeah. but. No, I, anyway, I, hey. I, I have to say, I have to say, I think Bobby, or whatever his name was, was out of his freaking mind because I said to my my eighteen year old woke, I'm sorry, nineteen year old woke daughter, she couldn't be any more woke. There's no more woke than Lydia, right? <laughs> I said, "Is the word tramp stamp offensive?" And she just looked at me like I was mental. So I, I think that might be the Bobby's just, uh, just, hang up right there. Bobby's thing. Okay. Yeah, maybe well, he has listen. one. What's that? <laughs> Nothing. Bobby I might get Bobby. sued, so we'll be quiet now. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. You can you can yell at us all you want. At uh, we we've been trying. We've been putting some pretty consistent content up over at the Punk Till I Die podcast Facebook page. So you can certainly get a hold of us there. Or as I mentioned earlier, Punk Till I Die seventy seven at gmail dot com. And uh, we will uh, talk to you again next week. Yep. Talk to you next week. Uh, cheers, everybody. Go well. <laughs>